Morning, Crosswind family. Great to see all of you. See some of you guys are coming back out of the woods. And for those of you that are joining us online, we appreciate you joining us online, and we hope that uh, you will be also blessed by being part of our worship service this morning. Um, tough times, weird times that we still are living in, but I'm really grateful for, for an opportunity to continue pastoring the church, teaching God's word, and encourage you, encourage, trying to encourage you to be a great disciple of our Lord and a great disciple of God's word. Uh, I'm really excited today. I'll announce it now. We're going to start a long series of sermons based on the gospel according to Luke. So we're going to be going through the gospel according to Luke. I will say that uh, the last time I went through the book of Acts, we took about a couple years, but you don't have to worry. There's so much in the gospel of Luke that uh, it's going to keep us moving around all over scripture because it's important. It's important for us to be aware of what God says, who he is, who we are in light of his word. So welcome. Appreciate you being here. If you don't receive our uh, communications, our emails, uh, we would really appreciate you going online to crosspointchristianchurch.com, scrolling all the way down and filling out a really easy form that uh, would allow you to get some uh, emails and texts every once in a while, special things that are, that are happening. Very informative, and I think a big blessing. Anytime I read those uh, newsletters that we get on Saturday evening, you know, it lets us know what's going on, and it encourages us. There's, there's a lot of good, great information in there, things that will inspire you and encourage you and uplift you. So see about getting in contact with us that way. This morning, in order for us to take communion, actually, let me, let me uh, introduce a video that we want to show you. So back in 1984, some of you guys were, some of us were a lot younger back then. 1984, President Ronald Reagan uh, had a proclamation of um, the sanctity of life. And so this week, I'm not sure if you're aware of, but it's National Sanctity of Life Week. And this is uh, Sanctity of Life Sunday. We're going to watch a video, and I just want to, I want you to uh, be encouraged. I want you to be in prayer. And I also want us to consider, as we partner with the clinic here in Whittier, the Obria Clinic, um, there's a great opportunity for us to be involved in just promoting the sanctity of life, supporting people, supporting women who find themselves in, um, find themselves pregnant, and uh, supporting also the families, the men and, and uh, the babies. So uh, take a look at this video, and if the Lord tugs at your heart and you're thinking, you know, 2022, I really want to get involved and, and serve in some capacity at church, maybe being part of a group that collaborates with Obria, a women's health clinic that addresses um, pregnancies, it, it might be a really good idea. So let's go ahead and watch, watch the video. Being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. 
I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Isn't that amazing? God is the giver of life. He is the initiator. He commands us to protect it. Um, and so I got this video last week from our collaboration with Obria, and so I was really grateful that that, that collaboration has fruit. Um, I'm going to be taking some uh, items to them probably this week, diapers and baby wipes and all that good stuff so that when um, the women find themselves in these uh, difficult situations, being pregnant, um, they get support and love, and I think that's what we have to be about, not condemnation or discrimination or shame or anything like that. And so I know maybe something like that might produce a mix of feelings, and I would, I would really encourage you to, if, if it's something that you're dealing with, struggling with, reach out. There's so many awesome women here that are here to support you. I know we had a, a great event last year for women, and a lot of great stuff came out of there. So my encouragement to you, based on the video, is... Let's love one another, and let's use that love that God has given us to love on other people, especially those who find themselves in difficult situations. Very good. I want to um, then look at Luke 19.10 in order for us to uh, take communion. As we get ready for that, I'll just quickly mention that growth groups are going to be starting on the week of February the 6th. We plan on keeping the same groups unless you need to change for whatever reason, if you need to move groups. If you weren't part of a group, we would highly, highly encourage you to be participate in a group. You can see me if you have any questions, if you wanna kind of pick my brain to see what groups are out there and where, what might be a better fit for you, I'm certainly available to do that. Uh, but most likely, you'll be able to uh, sign up online 
uh, sometime this week. So if you want to go to crosspointchristianchurch.com and go to the growth group section and see if uh, you're able to, to sign up. For, for sure, Lord willing, we will have all that strained out by, by this coming Sunday. That will give us two weeks to, to finish up any, any sign-ups. So Luke chapter 19, verse 10. I figure since we're going to be spending some time in the gospel according to Luke, I want to I use Luke as much as possible. And so here in this chapter 19, we have the story of Zacchaeus, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And within that story... You have the Lord saying something really important about himself that I believe has to do with what we celebrate and what we remember as we take communion. So the Lord says, for the Son of Man, referring to himself, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. This is an awesome statement by Christ himself about himself. And he says, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And you could do a series of sermons there because the Lord is saying he came from heaven to earth and he's the one that sought us out. We were lost and he sought us. We weren't lost and then he just gave us directions. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if you want to get to the Father, you must come through me. But that I would say is easier said than done. He didn't just have to say, hey, I am the way, or I came to seek and to save, but there had to be some action behind that in order for those statements to be true. And those actions I'm referring to what he did at the cross for us. In order for him to be the way, the truth, and the life, in order for him to be able to say, I'm going to rescue you, I'm going to find you, and I'm going to save you, it required a payment for the sin that you and I have. That payment was his very life. The soul that sins must die. The wages of sin is death. And because we're all guilty, a payment had to be made. God in his holy, righteous self could not just say, hey, Mike, you're such a great guy. Yeah, you're a sinner, but don't worry about it. A payment had to be made. And he, the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Holy Trinity, chose to become my payment, my sacrifice. And he did that at the cross of Calvary. And so every time we take communion on a weekly basis, this is something that we should remember every day. And so as we get together in a special way on a Sunday morning, we choose to celebrate communion and take part of that. And so as you peel back the first layer, you take the bread, this unleavened bread, which represents the sinless body of Christ our Lord, the payment for our sin. Let's take that together. He came to seek and to save that which was lost, and he did that by offering his very life, his very blood on our behalf. Let's take this together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful to you for just all of your blessings, but especially as we make remembrance of the fact that you love this world so much, you loved us in a way that we cannot comprehend, that you were willing to give up your one and only son, that he would be 
the substitute payment for our sin. And for that, we're grateful for opening our eyes to our desperate need of a Savior and for opening our eyes to to the gospel message. And Father, as we begin a study on the gospel according to Luke, we pray that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that you would teach us, and that you would transform us by the power of your word and your Holy Spirit in us. Thank you for all my brothers and sisters who are here, for those joining us online, and maybe for those that will be watching as a recording of this service. I pray for your blessing. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. All right, beloved. What a, what a privilege, what an honor to be able to take communion with you and make remembrance of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, did for us at the cross. 2,000 years ago, and yet here we are as a local family. I love it. This morning's title, the title of this morning's message is Knowing God with Certainty. Knowing God with Certainty. And I believe this message is going to lay the foundation, hopefully the motivation for us to really get into studying and going through the gospel according to Luke. My hope is that we all become experts on the gospel according to Luke. That for the next many weeks, however, however long it takes, that we would have read through Luke several times. I'll tell you a quick story. I went out to dinner with my wife. Husbands, you need to date your wives, all right? I take my wife out to dinner. Maybe she took me out. I'm not sure how that went. So we go to the Olive Garden just down the street, all right? And I'm wearing my Crosspoint Christian Church polo. And we're just sitting there minding our own business, enjoying each other's company. And the waiter comes server and and uh right off the bat i guess he, he read my the, what, what my shirt said and he starts telling me that he's also a believer oh well, great bring some more of that bread <laughs> just kidding <laughs> if you know what i'm saying and we we started talking and um and out of nowhere i mean i've been planning on going through the gospel according to luke for weeks and out of nowhere in part of our conversation and i i hope that i i, I trust that we're going to probably get to meet him and, and know him. But he, he tells me out of nowhere, he's like, yeah, right now I'm working on reading through Luke. And he tells me, I'm working on trying to read through Luke in one sitting. I'm like, nice. But he goes, well, I haven't been able to because there's so much in there. And I start studying. And, and, and I, this, is, this is somebody who's just a waiter. You know, we talk about, I try to encourage all of us to, to realize that no matter where we are, we can be a light, that we could be a witness and he, he started telling me a little, bit of, a little bit of his testimony, beat cancer twice, and, and is just in love with the Lord. I'm telling his whole story, but he was, he was agnostic, he said, meaning he believed there was something out there, but he didn't credit the God of the Bible as the creator and all that. Not atheist who denies the existence of God, but agnostic. There's something out there, I just don't know what it is, and maybe I don't really care, but yeah, there's got to be something out there. And he gets cancer. And then he starts thinking, wow, this is a bummer. Because he's young. He's, I don't know how old he is. But the older you get, the less you're able to tell people's age. And so I would imagine he's in his late 20s. And um, through cancer, what a testimony. Through getting cancer, he comes to know the Lord. He realizes cancer is terrible, but I have so many things to be grateful for. But who do I give thanks to? And so he realizes, I need to give thanks to God. And then somebody 
invites him to church. I was so inspired and so encouraged because so many things were going through my mind. You know, we, we kind of try to encourage each other. Invite people to church. Invite people to church because you never know where they're at in their lives. Make connections with people outside of church because you never know when they're going to need somebody to just pray for them and say, why don't you come to my church? And you can see how God was working in this young man's life so that when somebody says, would you like to come to my church, he's ready to accept the invitation and then go to church, hear the gospel, become a new creature in Christ, and then now he's testifying um, of God's love and power in his life. Isn't that amazing? I think that's awesome. I hope you get to meet him. But, you know, just the fact that he said, I'm, I'm try- and I told him, well, I'm, uh, I'm going to be starting a series on the gospel according to Luke, and it was just great. Has anybody seen as you drive down, I know there's one down Whittier Boulevard going westward, but there's a big billboard, and, it's, and it says something, I was going to take a picture, but it says something like, um, do you know God? question mark, and then there's a kid with the Bible open, and then it says, read the gospel according to Luke. Just signs everywhere, like we need to be reading Luke. That's not why we're reading it. I, I chose Luke. Um, I could have chosen any other book. I, I, love, I love reading God's word. I truly enjoy sitting down and spending time with my Lord as he speaks to me through his word, and boy, I hope that that's... Uh, something that we all experience it's necessary but it's also something that we need to get to the point where we're enjoying spending this intimate time with the lord so we're going to go through the gospel according to luke this morning's message is entitled knowing god with certainty i'm going to read luke 1 verses 1 through 4 the main point of this morning's message is this we glorify god by living confidently in our knowledge of him We glorify God when we live confidently in our knowledge of him. You know, John 17, 3, the Lord speaking also says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. It's not about being religious, beloved. We're still like at the beginning of 2022. It's not about being religious. It's not about checking off boxes. It's about knowing Christ. And not just knowing about him, but knowing has to do with this intimacy, This intimacy, in fact, that is used when Adam knew his wife Eve and then she conceived and had a baby. Talk about an intimacy. That's what my desire is for all of you, for every one of you, whether here or online, that we would be taking steps towards growing in intimacy with Christ through the studying of his word. I can't take for granted that everybody is a great student of the word. Let me assume that some of us and, and I would dare say that none of us are exactly there where we should be. I don't want to give the impression like my Bible study and reading and intimate time and devotions is perfect because it's not. I struggle like all of you to make sure that I make time to study. And not just study to preach, but to study to enjoy my relationship with him. That's why I think it's awesome. Like nobody here should feel like I'm less than or lower than. We're all together, we're here a family, and we're here to encourage one another so that we can grow together unto Christ's likeness for his glory. The key verse that I want to point out is verse 4, Luke 1, 4. And here Luke says that you, he's talking to Theophilus, and he says that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. 
Luke's desire is for Theophilus to be sure of the things, to have a certainty about what he's been taught. I always remember Francis Chan making this comment on one of, I don't know, a video that I saw him make. And he talked about an experience that he had when he was at home and Jehovah's Witnesses come and knock on his door. I don't know if that ever happens to you. But Jehovah's Witnesses are notorious for coming to your home. They strategize, they go through the blocks, and they knock on your door, and they have pamphlets that they want to give you, and they want to share with you, your news about the kingdom. And, and he, he, he says, uh, you know, in a way that only he can share, he says, like, man, I don't want to open that door. I mean, I already know what they're going to say, and I don't want to get into an argument. So he says, he was a little bothered, probably watching TV. Puts, he turns off TV, opens the door, and he proceeds to kind of just scold him and says, look, you guys are here to teach me something that you're not even convicted about. You're just here to tell me things that they told you to tell me. And if you know a little bit about Jehovah's Witnesses, there is that very strategic, you know, learn this and say that. If they ask you this, respond like this kind of thing, very robotic. Um, and I know I'm kind of, that's a broad statement about everyone. And so he proceeds to tell him that, kind of tell him, like, you don't even believe what you, what you are claiming to want to wanna teach me. And so he just kind of sends him off. And then he says, then I felt this conviction by the Holy Spirit. Like, wait, one, how dare you talk to them like that? And then two, he says, you know, you're telling them that they believe, claim to believe things that they're not convinced about. And he says, what about you, Francis? And I would say, what about you, Mike? And what about you all listening to this? Because there is a high probability that there are a lot of things that you and I claim to believe, and we may just believe it because a pastor said it, because my Sunday school teacher said it, or my youth leader said it. And yeah, I think it's in the Bible. But what you believe, are they, are they is what you believe something that came to you by personal conviction and revelation of the Holy Spirit, or is it something that we, we kind of believe, we, we claim to believe it, but it's really because we heard it somewhere. We saw a video, maybe one of our favorite pastors kind of talked about it, or, or maybe I said something, and, and there you go, acting like you believe it, but lacking conviction. The reason why I think this is really important is because if we are not convinced of the things that we believe, that plays out in so many weird ways in our lives. And I will tell you that the enemy is always wanting to cast doubt and plant seeds of, of mainly doubt and error in regards to what you believe. And unless you are convinced of the things that you claim to believe, you put yourself in high danger. When tough times come around and you're not convinced about what God says or you don't know what he says, you panic and you stumble and maybe you fall. So my desire as we start this series of messages based on the gospel according to Luke is that we would all take this personal responsibility to say, I want to make sure that what I claim to believe, I believe it because I am convinced that that is what God says, that that is what God teaches, that that is what God promises, and I believe that God will bless us for that. And it doesn't matter if, if you know, you've been in the church for 100 years or you've been in the church for one week. No matter where you are and you walk with the Lord or in your knowledge of the word, let's take this as a challenge and as a privilege to be able to 
go alongside with me. So now you, you're going to know what I'm going to be preaching on pretty much. So you can go home and read the gospel according to Luke. And what I would truly, truly love is to have this fellowship with you based on the word for you to reach out to me, for you to reach out with your growth group leaders and your growth group members and talk about what God has taught you. And be honest and say, like, you know what? I never realized that was in the Bible. I never realized that's what it meant. Or, boy, all this time I've been quoting this verse and now I realize I've been taking it out of context. That's not even what the Lord meant. To me, that is super exciting. When I'm reading the Word, it's something that I've read maybe 20, 50 times. And I feel like I'm reading it for the first time. It's amazing. It's amazing. So we're going to get on this ride of going through the gospel according to Luke. And I hope you, you jump in. Um, ultimately, you are responsible for your learning, for your relationship with God. And we want to help you with that as Crosspoint. We glorify God by living confidently in our knowledge of Him. Very important. So how certain are you of the things that you believe? How certain are you of the things that you believe? Now, this is a long intro, but we're going to be here for a while. Yesterday, I was part of, I got to attend a memorial service for Richard Tafoya, and it was at a Catholic church. And i um, been there before. I was, I was baptized as a baby. Nobody asked me. They just did that. And came to know the Lord in my young teens, but grew up in a Christian home. You, you guys have heard me say that before. But I'm listening to the priest. I'm listening to the priest. And I'm trying not to be judgmental. I'm trying to be, you know. And, and man, he's saying some great things. Right on. I almost said, right on, preacher. That's right. And then the next phrase, he says things that are like, what? You just contradicted what you said earlier. He quotes scripture. I'm thinking like, yes, right on, preacher. And then he says things that, that are not biblical, and they contradict what he just said. And I'm thinking, boy, the people that are sitting there listening to this man, this teacher, representative of, of somebody who's knowledgeable of the word, Unless they're studying on their own, if they're, just, if they're just listening to what's being said and what's being taught, and I've, taught, I've, I've studied the Catholic religion and what, what it teaches, not an expert on it, but unless they're doing their own studying, boy, people are going to be confused. They're not going to know what's up from down, inside out, and that's not me trying to act like we're better than anybody else. What I'm saying is it's so important. There are so many important implications for us to be certain of the things that we claim to believe. And I'm grateful for my pastor of old. He said, know what you believe and believe what you know. But you got to ask yourselves, what do you know? How much do you know? And it's not about getting this big head because I know all this information. It's about knowing God so that we can enjoy our relationship with him and that he can transform us onto Christ's likeness. It's going to happen through his word. And it doesn't matter how old you are, how long you've been at church, all of us can, can take this journey together and become responsible for our learning as we go through the gospel according to Luke. So how certain are you of the things that you believe? We need to know what we believe and we need to believe what we know because in knowing God and Jesus Christ is where we find eternal life, John 17, 3, I mentioned. All right. Enough of an introduction there. 
So what I want to do this morning is just basically do a small introduction to the gospel according to Luke. So let me read Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. It says, it's right here. Oh, by the way, so I started saying, I would love to hear from you. I would love to tomorrow morning or somewhere during the week, during the week to open up my email and bam, there's a message from so-and-so from church talking about how, what an awesome experience he had reading Luke and, you know, maybe have a question about Luke chapter one verse so-and-so because, you know, what's going on with that? I would love that. I would, I would be blessed by hearing from you about your experience as you're going through the gospel according to Luke asking questions, fellowshipping, and then I hope that some of those conversations also happen in your growth groups. It says, Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of the things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. So here we have a preamble. So my first point here is I'm talking about the preamble. It's just an introduction to the gospel according to Luke. My first point, I want to share some, uh, some thoughts about the preamble of the gospel. The preamble is basically an introductory statement. Of a, and here he says he's about to write a narrative. There's so many things that I want to share with you. One of the things that I would highly encourage you to do is get a Bible dictionary or get a study Bible, and as you're reading the gospel according to Luke, read about the gospel according to Luke. So if you get a Bible dictionary, all this stuff is online for free. You can find out who Luke is, who Theophilus is. What, what is the gospel according to Luke? I had a, a, a dear aunt of mine who was starting to read the Bible and says, hey, hey, Mike, I think my Bible's messed up. I said, what do you mean? What version do you have? She says, no, it's a regular version that we all use. But I've noticed that I'm reading through the New Testament and I'm in a certain section and it's saying the same thing that it said like what I read a couple weeks ago. I'm like, ah, you're reading through the Gospels. I guess, you know. So what happens is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are known as Gospels, right? It's one Gospel, one good news of salvation, but it's four different people narrating the same story. Gospel according to Matthew, Mark, and Luke are known as synoptic gospels. They're very similar. And then the gospel according to, Jew, to John, which are the first four books of the New Testament, is also a gospel, but it's very different from the other three. And they're not exactly the same. God uses, through the Holy Spirit, different men to share the same story. And that's why you're able to read some similar stories. Um, so if you read through the gospels, the four gospels, you're going to see a lot of similarities. So here my aunt was thinking that her Bible was messed up. Like, no, auntie, you got to realize this. There's four, four, four narratives of the same gospel by four different people. So reading about the gospel will help you have an understanding as you're reading it, better understanding. So the preamble of the gospel, the, this introductory statement of four verses is where I want to just get through today. And it says, let's just go through it. It says, inasmuch as have taken in hand, uh, many have taken in hand to set an order of a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us. So Luke is saying that during this time, and there's some things you need to know. For example, it's believed that the gospel according to Luke was written around the year 60 A.D. 60 A.D., that means this is 30 years after our Lord Jesus Christ walked the earth, did his miracles, died and resurrected. Think about that. 
30 years. Some of you guys aren't even 30 years old. So he's saying during these last three decades, since all of this started happening, a lot of people have taken it among, upon themselves to write the story of Christ. And he says, but I want to do the same. I want to put a narrative together for you, Theophilus. So this is Luke writing to Theophilus, and we'll get to who Theophilus is. And he says, he wants to write a narrative of the things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses. So he's referring to the apostles and other people that were there with Christ from the beginning. They were eyewitnesses. It's very important. And ministers of the word delivered them to us. So Luke is saying, ever since the Lord was here on earth, he had his disciples. They were eyewitnesses of everything that he did and taught. And those people taught us and, and relayed all that information so he's referencing the apostles, the disciples, and other disciples about how they were eyewitnesses and they've delivered that information down to him decades later or throughout the decades. And so he says in verse 3, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus. So you need to know that Luke was a very studied individual. Luke is amazing. And I'm going to kind of do point one and point two together here because point two it has to do with the people of the introduction. So the preamble of the gospel and then the people of the introduction. I can't not talk about a little bit about Luke. Luke was a physician, a doctor. Luke is very interesting because he's the only Greek to write uh, inspired texts. Luke wrote not just the gospel according to Luke, but Luke also wrote Acts. And sometimes we don't realize this, but there's 27 books in the New Testament. Paul wrote about half of them, but many of them were short letters. Luke wrote all of Acts, 28 chapters, and Luke also wrote all of Luke, 24 chapters. What is that, 52? 52. And then you look at chapter 1 of Luke, it's like 80 verses. So what I'm saying is Luke wrote a big chunk of the New Testament. You put Luke, Paul, you should also know that there's a very special relationship between Luke and Paul. Luke traveled with Paul. He was a companion of Paul. Luke was an evangelist. He did the work of the ministry with Paul. He went on his missionary journeys, we believe the second one especially. And he suffered a lot of things that Paul suffered. And so between Luke and Paul, who were buddies, a big, big part of the New Testament is written. You put John in there who wrote the gospel according to John, Revelation, and three letters. And between those three people, they wrote, I don't know, 90% of the New Testament? Three people. Because then you only have Luke and a couple of other letters. I'm sorry, Matthew. You have Matthew and Mark and a couple of the letters. Um, so what I'm saying is Luke is a big deal. Because God used them for a big, writing a big chunk of this inspired word that we have. And so he has his friend, Theophilus. Theophilus is very, very interesting. The name Theophilus means a lover of God. Theo and Philos. Somebody who loves God. Most excellent Theophilus is letting us know that this is probably a high-ranking official in the Roman government. How did he become a Christian? Most likely, we don't know this for sure, but most likely through Paul's missionary work. So here's Paul, most likely, evangelizes 
Theophilus. Theophilus becomes a Christian, learns about the faith, has a relationship of some type with Luke, and Luke decides, you know what, Theophilus? I'm going to write you an orderly account so that you can be certain of the things that you've been taught. And I'm going to be harping on this because that's what I want for all of us. I want us to be certain of the things that we claim to believe. Be sure about it because when you're sure about it, you're going to be confidently able to live your Christian life out in the world and share your experiences. A lot of times we don't share the gospel because we're not very familiar with the gospel. The more certain we are what we believe, the easier it's going to be be for us to share what it is that we've been taught and what we believe, what we've learned. I want to share with you Going back to point number one in the preamble of the gospel, very important. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16. Because what Luke is saying, he's saying the people that were eyewitnesses have transferred this information to us. And I'm going to take all that information and write a narrative and send it to you so that you can be certain of these things. But Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16 says, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Paul is saying, look, what I'm writing to you, this is not Mickey Mouse stuff. I was an eyewitness of this, Peter says. And so were the other apostles. Luke gets his um, apostolic authority from Paul, just as Mark in his gospel receives his apostolic authority from Peter. That's important. That that may not seem like a big deal, but we want to know who wrote these things and under what authority and certainly under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. God takes all the credit. But Paul says, Peter says, we were eyewitnesses. These are not fables. You talk to a lot of people, beloved. Ask them if they believe the Bible. And they'll say, yeah, I believe it. But not the stories like the flood. No. God making woman out of a man's rib. No, no, no. Not that. Those are just stories. They're not stories, beloved. They're factual. There are some stories, but the Bible lets us know when they're stories or allegories. So, let me, let me, let me show you Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Acts 1, 1, because I told you that Luke wrote the gospel according to Luke, but he also wrote uh, the book of Acts, and he writes it to Theophilus as well. So Acts 1.1 says, the former account I made, says Luke to Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. So just try to imagine this. Here's a friend and a brother in Christ, Luke, who has perfect understanding of all things from the beginning, from eyewitnesses. He decides to write a narrative to share with his friend and brother Theophilus so that he can be sure of what he believes. So he, wrote, he writes the, the gospel according to Luke, And then he also, as a follow-up to that, volume 2, he writes the book of Acts. Luke to Theophilus. I I just think it's awesome. To me, that gives me like a different perspective of what it is that I'm reading. So, I've already told you point number 2, the people in the introduction. Luke, I I told you some things about Luke. Um, Luke was not just any person. Obviously, inspired by the Holy Spirit, God could use anyone, but this was a physician, somebody who was used to looking for evidence, doing things right, being organized. And he says that of himself. Look, a lot of people have tried to put a narrative together, but I have perfect understanding given I'm a buddy of Paul. He he would have done some name dropping if he was nowadays, but 
Uh, he says, I'm going to write you a narrative. I know there's a lot of them out there, but here's the real deal. You can trust what I'm writing to you because what I'm writing to you is from eyewitnesses of the Lord. He says, right in Luke 1.3, Paul says, uh, pardon me, Luke says, It seemed good to me also having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus. So you and I, in essence, what we're going to do as we go through Luke, we're going to read a letter which is a narrative from, Paul, from Luke to his friend Theophilus. But we get to read that 2,000 years later. And the purpose should be the same. We should read that with the intent of getting a better understanding of who Jesus is. The whole, the whole gospel according to Luke is defined by what Luke says in Acts 1-1, which I just read to you. The former account I made of Theophilus of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. The gospel according to Luke will tell you everything that Jesus began both to teach and to do. That is what the gospel according to Luke is about. And he wrote it to Theophilus so that he could be certain of those things. Let me jump to point number three, which is the purpose of the gospel. And we've kind of already shared it. So the purpose of the gospel in verse 4, Luke 1, 4, says that you may know the certainty of the things in which you were instructed. Like, Theophilus, I want you to make sure you know that you're not following these fables. I'm sure you have friends, relatives that are unbelievers, that are skeptical, and they think you're crazy. Maybe they think you're dumb for wasting your life in following these writings, these teachings. And they probably say things like, you don't even know if they're true. You don't even know if Jesus really existed. You don't even know who wrote the Bible. How do you know that they didn't change it? How do you know all this stuff? And guess what? All of those are legitimate questions. You should know. You should know why we can trust the Bible. You should know who wrote the Bible. You should know that it's inspired and perfect. You should know when it was written, for what circum under what circumstances, for what purposes. We should know all those questions. That's part of being a good disciple of the word. We're never going to know everything, but my desire as a pastor of a congregation here at Crosspoint is for us to be growing in wisdom, growing in knowledge. And beloved, if you lack faith, Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not about just scholarship. It's not about just academics. It's not about just information is this is God's living, inspired word. And as you become familiar with it, the Holy Spirit will minister to you and you will grow in faith and you will be transformed. You have to believe that because that's what it's all about. The purpose of the gospel is Luke writing to Theophilus so that Theophilus can be certain, convinced of the things that he has been instructed on. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, wrapping it up here. For this reason I also suffered these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, says Paul. For I know whom I've believed in, and I am persuaded that he's able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. He says, I'm not ashamed. Yeah, I see my life. I see my struggles. I see my difficulties. But I'm not ashamed because I know whom I believed in. And I'm convinced that he is able to. To keep what I have committed until, to him until that day. That's the type of conviction that I want us to live by. So that when difficult days come, it doesn't matter. I know whom I've believed in. 
I know Jesus sits on the throne. I know he's sovereign. And I don't understand his plans at times, but I know he's there and he's with me. And I'm going forward because I'm convinced. Ephesians 4.14 says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting. So here Paul is saying you got to be careful and we got to stop being children in the faith. we got to start eating some meat and growing in the knowledge of Christ through his word. That's my, that's my hope. So as we go through this introduction and we look at the preamble, the people, and the purpose of the gospel, I'm looking forward to teaching and preaching from, from here. And I want to share three things. I'm already over time, but just three things, three thoughts that why I believe this is really important, the importance of the word of God. If we become convinced of the things that we believe and know, we will learn to stand on the solid foundation of God's word. So important. So that when difficulties come and storms in life, we will not be shaken. Sorry, so knowing God, knowing God with certainty protects us against the constant lies of the enemy. And if you think you're above those, you're mistaken. Why are you going to read? Maybe some of you thought like, two years going through Acts? What is that? Uh, we probably won't do what MacArthur and I'm sure other people do. I think MacArthur did like 12 years going through the book of Luke. We won't do that. We can do that. We won't do that. Um, but just, just trust that we're going to be in the word. And I think we're going to be learning a ton. So it protects you against the constant lies of the enemy. And you have to always be careful against the lies of the enemy. Your identity is in Christ. But how are you going to find your identity and this is super practical. When we start looking for identity outside of our relationship with Christ, because we don't understand God's word or we don't believe it or we're not convinced of it. You are loved. You're forgiven. You're a new creature in Christ. You have been saved. It allows you to live your life with confidence and conviction. That young man that I met at Olive Garden, I think it's a sign I should go to Olive Garden more often. That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking of. He, he, he just so naturally, confidently of what God has done for him and wanting to proclaim and give him glory. We need to know God that way so that we could live confidently and with conviction. And lastly, it allows you to enjoy your relationship with God and to live with eternal purpose. I hope that 2022, part of your goal will be to enjoy God more to enjoy him sometimes we look at god the way we looked at our earthly father mean guy or this not loving or critical that's not who god is but you won't find out who he is unless you get into the word i love the idea that we're going to go through luke you're going to see christ's compassion luke portrays jesus in a special way him being a physician luke being a compassionate individual looks at christ and, and shares with us the stories that are full of compassion, how he ministered to women and children and widows in a special way. So I, I love it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to wrap it up right there. I'm looking truly forward to spending this special time with you. Um, there is a lot to learn 
we're not just learning for the sake of becoming more knowledgeable or intellectual, but we're hoping that as we learn and we grow, Christ will grow in us and we will resemble him and that we will grow in compassion towards the world around us. Let's pray. Gracious Father, again, we are grateful to you for all of your blessings. And even as I say that often, I realize that there's no way for us to even comprehend how blessed we are in so many different ways. We take so many things for granted. But thank you. Thank you for our church family. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your son. And thank you for this new life that we found in him. Father, as we begin this series of studying through the book or the gospel according to Luke, would you guide us, would you teach us, instruct us that we would be confident in what we claim to believe, that we would be able to live a life that shines your light wherever we go because we know whom we've believed in and we know that we can trust you and all of your promises. So we thank you, we ask you this, Pray that you would dismiss us with your blessing. I pray in the wonderful and eternal name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Beloved, God bless you. You're dismissed.